Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, ah, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Let's do this thing. Okay, what the fuckers? How's it going? It's Mark Marin. This is WTF with Mark Marin. I am him. In just a few minutes, we're going to talk to Steve Ranazizi. He's a comedian who I've uh, I've known for the last year or so. Good guy. He's on that new show called The League on FX. I don't really know him that well, so this is going to be one of those uh, very specific uh, Mark Marin interviews where I learned that everything I thought about somebody was probably untrue, and we get to know each other right here in front of you folks. Thanks for having me on the show, Mark. Yeah, I worked at Merrill Lynch, um, downtown Manhattan, uh, until a uh, plane hit the building. Oh my god! You know, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought there was just like a drunk pilot or something, but you know, once the w- once I heard the the first plane hits, Get the fuck out of here! Yeah, did you evacuate that day? I just went into uh, survival mode. You know, um, I uh, I ran up the the building, um, actually uh, climbed over the uh, airplane wreckage that was uh, jutting through the side. Um, oh, your coworkers were upstairs. You know, there was a sort of an older African-American woman who was uh, kind of trapped underneath uh, parts of the plane. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I, I, I pulled her out and she said, Oh, Lord, I thank you, chow. Oh, my God. And then, um, you know, I'm looking around for other uh, survivors and uh, I notice, um, you know, one of, the, uh, one of the hijackers actually uh, survived. Oh, way. Yeah, yeah, he, he survived um, the, uh, the crash and, you know, he was, he was in there, you know, saying something about Allah and, and all this. And, uh, I, you know, I went up to him and I said, uh, did, did you do this? And, um, you know, he didn't want to like say anything about it, you know, I, I but you know, I, I could tell it's, it was him who did it. So, um, you know, I kicked his ass. Uh, he must've been in fucking shock. I mean, for fuck's sake. I, mean- I, uh, I, I ripped him out of the cockpit and, uh, got him in a, in a chokehold. And uh, just started just wailing on him, you know, and uh, you oh know, some my people God. were like trying to stop me and were like, oh no, you know, we got to like send him to the cops and stuff. And I was like, fuck that. Okay. This guy just, just crashed into this building. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to fucking kick his ass. And, you know, later on, you know, I thought I kind of, now that I think about it, you know, I, I probably should have, uh, you know, stopped myself and, you know, and turned him in so he could learn more about um, you know, the motives and stuff behind it. But at the time I was just pissed, Mark. I was just so fucking pissed. So, you know, I'm beating up this Al Qaeda guy. Oh my God. Uh, you know, and he's like, please, please stop, you know, in the name of Allah, please stop. And so, you know, I'm not listening and I just I just threw him aside. Um I actually I actually threw him out the out, out the out the building. Um Oh way. You know, we yeah, there was a there was a big hole right there. So I I, I grabbed this guy and I said, uh, "Not in this country, bitch!" And oh my god! I took god. him and I threw him uh, off the building. Um, and then, uh, and then I saw uh, there was a radio uh, that he had um, in in the cockpit too, uh, and these uh, these plans. He had these blueprints of kind of how it was all going to go down. You know, like that the next tower was about to be hit. No way! And so, you know, I told everyone, "Get down!" I was like, "Get out of the building! Everyone has to has to leave. Everyone has to evacuate. There's another there's another plane coming." Oh my and they're god! Like, what? I don't know. And I was like, "No, go!" And so I, I you know, I got got everyone out of the building. Um, you know, it's just me. You know, um, on the uh, with the uh, uh, with the with this broken cockpit. Um. I just threw the Al Qaeda guy out the out the out the hole. Oh way! And uh, you know, I uh, get on the radio and I can I can hear his I can hear the other uh, hijackers um, on the flight control um, on the uh, I, I mean I'm sorry on the on the flight radio I, I could hear them so I I talk to them um, I actually studied a little bit of Urdu so oh, I way. can you know I, I I tell them you know in their language you know that that they have to stop and they're like no fuck you I don't want us we're gonna do this anyways and I was like no you really shouldn't oh my god and, you know blah 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 that goes on and on uh 
and uh, you know, eventually, um, you know, one of the guys uh, on Flight 93 actually heard me through the radio. Oh, way! And uh, said, hey, "What's going on here?" And I was like, "Dude, they're gonna they're they're gonna fucking crash the plane! Like, you, you, they're gonna they're 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 hijacking it, and uh, they're gonna try to crash into the White House." And he was like, "Oh no, man, I can't have that happen." And so um, that actually, uh, you know, it, he he got some other people, you know, heard the commotion, and I just said on the radio, um, uh, "Let's go." Oh my God! Uh, yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, so yeah, that was actually actually me. Uh, I actually gave them the motivation to fight the hijackers. A lot of people don't know that. You know, I don't like to brag about it, um, but you know, I, I uh, stopped the White House from getting hit by a plane. Um, oh way! And uh, you know, a- a- afterwards, I was just like, man, this is this is fucking crazy. And I just, uh, you know, I got, I got got back in the in the elevator and went went home um, and watched. Uh, watch the news and you know, I couldn't believe what was going on. How much did it fuck you up? I mean, mentally, because my ex-wife was down there. She worked close by. Yeah. And she was traumatized. Anyways, um, can we talk about anything but this, please? Oh, hello, everyone. This is Lower Your Expectation uh, 14, I think. Um, sort of on time this time. Uh, this will be about a week since my last one after I took a quite a big break before then. Uh, but today I was like, I'm making a fucking show, and I put it on even my Facebook. I said, new new episode tonight, so sometime tonight this show will go on. I've gotten pretty good at the, at the quick editing of things um, to put it together. But what inspired me to make this show... Uh, sadly is 9-11, um, kind of a dark joke in the beginning, but, uh, it is based off a true lie <laughs> of this guy, Steven Ranazarizizi. He's a really weird name, but, uh, literally just look up 9-11 comedian and besides Pete Davidson, you will see everything <laughs> about this fucking dude, like who, uh, made up a story that he was in 9-11. He made up a story that he was on the 54th floor of uh of 9-11 in 2009 he made up this story supposedly just at a comedy club really quickly and uh just it just sort of spun out of control and uh you know he's obviously a total piece of shit for coming up with this and what's funny is i actually kind of wanted to not defend him but i understand i can understand that sometimes a lie like a little small lie can just balloon out of control it's why i as a it's why I really try not to lie about anything ever simply because I don't want to play that game where I have to like think of what I said and the lie and then keep up the story and all this. And it's just in hindsight, whenever you listen to him talk about his nine 11 story, um, you can tell he wants out of this fucking story so bad. <laughs> like he just wants to, you know, like they're very short. I, I went through hell and back on this on the Mark Marin podcast to find this episode because of course Mark Marin is like oh well you know we all lie sometimes to try to protect protect his friend um his friend by the way he wouldn't be his friend if he didn't lie about 911 <laughs> you wouldn't even know this motherfucker but okay um it's kind of funny it's like it's kind of like there's those situations in life where like the damage is done and there's like no there's no way you can like really come back you know there's no way you can like you, you can't like uh refund someone's comedy career you know you can't like take that away it's kind of the same thing with college like whenever I hear about elizabeth warren you know pretending to be a, a native american to get her college scholarship or whatever you can't take back the education like you can fucking you know you can like you can make fun of her for it and stuff but you can't take the knowledge out and that's something that's kind of tough about student loans and stuff too is that you there's it's like you can't pull it back even if you could like get you know give all the money back you can't you can't give back the money and the education just making sense to you guys i had a chill on my spine just even saying elizabeth warren not because i don't like her but just because i've been getting a little trouble lately for uh for for not uh i've been getting a little trouble lately um uh, for uh my political beliefs oh my god it's finally happened i've been pushed out of many uh, friend groups before and the thing is that i'm not even a political guy it's just that i don't i don't i don't follow the teams i just don't like you know and sadly 
I have a a strain about me that loves to argue and loves to hear the alternative takes on things. And uh, people don't want to put up with that. Like, you know, the most liberal friends I have now, um, they don't want uh, discussion or debates. Uh, If you are not with them, you're fucking Adolf Hitler. It's that simple. Like, there's no no middle ground. And uh, like I said earlier in the show, I'm not a good liar. So I can't just go, oh, yeah, that's like, you're totally right. Like Bernie Sanders all the way. Like, yeah, fucking Trump. Trump is a Nazi. Okay. Like I can't, I can't just pretend that <laughs> convincingly I can't. So, uh, much like with, uh, Stephen R, um, you know, I, anytime politics are brought up around me, I just try to deflect so fast. I just try to think of anything else to fucking talk about. Um, because, uh, like I said, if I don't just agree with you, and this is why you shouldn't bring up politics too with fucking people you don't know, like what, just don't do it. Um, because you don't know, you don't know what you're, what you're messing with. And, uh, you got a lot of, uh, of confidence if you just assume that someone you're with just believes everything you do. Like that's just, that's just insane. Um, so, but, but people do, and especially in California and especially with my old friends in Texas. So people don't seem to understand. I came from one of the most liberal cities in Texas. Like every single one of my friends is a hardcore Bernie Sanders, Democrats, uh, Trump is the devil kind of person, uh, with a few exceptions, um, and maybe some more, but they're all like hidden. They're all in the closet. Isn't that funny? <laughs> like pretty much if, if, if you live in a very liberal town or something and you have any sort of Republican edge to you, it's like being gay again. It's like being gay in the fucking like thirties or something <laughs> like you just, I have to have, I have to have Democrat beards. You understand that? Like I have to have like certain, uh, policies that I can like throw out there just so, just so it gets the scent off that I have any sort of leaning towards the right at all. I have to just throw that out. I have to have a beard. I have to have political beards just so people don't, don't know that I'm actually a, uh, a basically a gay, <laughs> basically a political gay. Um, but anyways, like I said, I, I really don't care. I don't give a shit who the president is like, I'm sorry. I just, I just don't care. Um, it's four years. We have lots of checks and balances and people get all in their fucking panties in a bundle about this kind of shit. Whenever in four to eight years, you, you won't fucking care. As a matter of fact, you'll look back, you'll look back at the Trump years kind of fondly. You'll be like, oh, wasn't that funny? We had that guy it was sort of hilarious and stupid, but he wasn't that bad. Same thing with Bush. Same thing happened with Bush. I remember all the time Bush is a Nazi, blah, 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 blah. And now, oh, we look back at him throwing those great pitches at Rangers games. And, oh, he was he was just such a nice, a nice Southern guy you could have a beer with. It's kind of nice in a way that history is more forgiving as time goes on. But uh, I just I just don't get worried about it. Plus, like I got so much other shit in my life to worry about than that. Than, than politics. I really do. Like, I just don't. Like, I don't. I think unless you are, like, running a campaign or something, it's like the weather. Um, you know, it's, I don't, I don't have control over who gets in office and whatever. If it gets bad enough to where there, ne- where I, where there needs to be, like, armed revolution, then I'll, I'll be there. <laughs> but it's not at that point yet, you know, and, and you, or, or, or I'll just leave. I'll just go to Canada. One of the most annoying things, too, by the way, is my friends who, I, I have one friend who literally did move to Canada, um, and he still bitches about our fucking country. And I'm like, dude, I just every time I hold myself back and be like, "You left, you fucking traitor! <laughs> You're a traitor! I don't hear anything, you fucking maple lover. I don't hear any of your fucking opinions about this place because you cut and ran." <laughs> just kidding. I love you, Josh. You're one of my oldest mentors, but uh, you are uh, you sicken me as a patriot. Just, just FYI. <laughs> so today's show is about lies. Um, you know, the, the Steven thing, uh, cracks me up just because, uh, one of my favorite radio guys, uh, Mike, Mike with red bar. Love it. Red bar radio is my favorite, favorite radio podcast. He is exactly my, my, my cup of tea. Um, in that, uh, you know, he says what's on his mind. He's totally self-hosted and stuff. Um, doesn't have like a political rant one way or another. It sucks that that there's a lot of fun people I listen to, but it's like, once they get into that shit, I just, I just, it's like, it's like, it just, it, it becomes too serious and just, it's like, give me a break, dude. Just be funny. Just be funny. 
So this guy is really good about that. He's just just funny. He makes fun of everyone, which is the which is the to me I call I call it like the South Park principle is where everyone is on the table made made fun of or no one is. And uh, he's really funny. So yeah. So anyways, on Red Bar they have a tradition every nine eleven never forget Stephen. Because this guy wants this to be forgotten so bad that he made up this story about fucking 9-11. And it just, it, it makes me laugh that every 9-11 now, this dude gets a few messages and DMs that are just like, never forget, Stephen. <laughs> never forget that you actually weren't there. <laughs> uh, and it's, it, you know, it's, to me, there's things like that where the justice behind it is is fair to you. Like, like. We're not going to lock Steven up. We're not going to harm him. Um, but we are going to ridicule you. <laughs> like that's, that's what you did because you made a, you made a really stupid decision. And like I said before, I actually listened to his podcast because there's some other parts about him that's just a major dick. Um, this might be a hot take, but, uh, if you're into open relationships at all, I think you're a psycho. You're just, you're just a psycho. They, they never work out. It's, it's always this weird, like, oh, well, you know, I, I don't want to see my wife like cheating on me, but she should forgive me if I do. It's just, it's disgusting. And you're kind of a psycho. And every time I've met someone who does, who plays around with that open relationship thing, they're either a psycho or there's heartbreak like no other. So it's, it's one of the other, one, one of the people is a sociopath. The other one is just, uh, just desperate, desperate for love and will put up with this disgusting arrangement, um, just because they're afraid of being alone. Just be single, just be single. <laughs> that's, that's like anytime someone brings up an open relationship idea, I'm like, J that's just called dating. Like, uh, like, like right now. Um, you know, if I didn't like, uh, look terrible and, uh, was unemployed, um, I could, I could like date two chicks. I've done it before. It's not a problem. And it's not like a weird, like, oh, well, we're both boyfriend and girlfriend. Uh, just you're, you're a psychopath. Sorry. Um, <laughs> just, uh, just stick to one, stick to one. And if you want to like date around and stuff, be a playboy bachelor, but this like having it both ways, just psychopathic. But so he, and he, he kind of goes on on the show talking about this after deflecting the nine 11 stuff very quickly, by the way, which is smart because <laughs> that's all anyone wants to talk to you about. Okay. If you say you survived nine 11, that's, it's such a huge, huge fib that that's all people are going to want to talk about with you. That's all they're going to want to talk about with you is the, your nine 11 story. And so that's why to me, it's such like a, like a Greek tragedy of a thing to do is to say that of all the things you could say, of all the little lies you could say, oh, you know, I used to, I, oh, I'm like the great nephew of Roddy Dangerfield or some bullshit like that. You had to say 9 11. You had to pick the worst terrorist attack <laughs> since like uh, Pearl Harbor. You had to pick that as, as, your, as your fib. That's insane. And then afterwards, um, they they talk about open relationships, and he basically is like, "Yeah, I, I you know I could do it, but uh, I know my wife couldn't do. It. I know my wife would get locked up, you know, in the feelings of it." And then he says, "Oh yeah, I could I could fuck a girl and then kill her, and I wouldn't care. It wouldn't mean anything to me." I was like, "What? That's like not even funny. That's you're you're a sociopath. <laughs> like you're fucking psycho. Uh, hate to break it to you, that's not funny. That's psychopathic." Um, but anyway, so is it's pretty it, so you know the and also there's a there's a collision between like two other people that i really dislike um mark Marin not that much i i just i hate his i hate his type of guy he is um <laughs> orson wells has a great uh saying about this god damn it dude i fucking hate ads on 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 websites uh get over it get over it Especially if it's something that is that is like a news, not an, even a news article, but like a quote from Orson Welles. Openculture.com, you fucking suck. So now I'm going to go to the next one. See if I can find this. So there's a there's a great uh, back and forth Woody Al or uh, Orson Welles had um, with a uh, with an interviewer, and it goes down like this. Uh, he says, Orson Welles says, I hate Woody Allen physically. I dislike that kind of man. I never understood why. Have you met him? Oh, yes. I can hardly bear to talk to him. 
He has the chaplain disease. That particular combination of arrogance and timidity sets my teeth on edge. He's not arrogant, he's shy. He is arrogant! Like all people with timid personalities, his arrogance is unlimited. Anyone who speaks quietly and shrivels up in company is unbelievably arrogant. He acts shy, but he's not. He's scared. He hates himself and he loves himself. A very tense situation. It's people like me who have to carry on and pretend to be modest. To me, it's the most embarrassing thing in the world. A man who presents himself at his worst to get laughs in order to free himself from his hangups. Everything he does on screen is therapeutic. So uh, if you can forgive my kind of crappy Orson Welles impression, um, that is so many people I know and Mark Maron to a T. A a man who presents himself at his worst to get laughs in order to free himself from his hangups. Everything he does on screen is therapeutic. Uh, That particular combination of arrogance and timidity. That's what it is. It's the Woody Allen syndrome. It's that it's Woody Allen. It's because there was like a, it's a stereotype, but Mark Maron is totally that fucking kind of guy. <laughs> He's that kind of guy who's the, oh, you know, I'm just like, a, I'm just kind of a chill, shy artist type, but I'm going to put all my stuff on Stitcher under a premium account. And like, I really, you know, actually, actually take my, I'm actually extremely jealous and worried about my career, but I just act like I don't really care, man. Like whatever, like, you know, I'm like 50 years old, but I dress like I'm a 22 year old hipster. Yeah. It's like, it's cool. Um, I hate those kind of people. <laughs> and uh, I'll just warn to any women listening, those are the first guys to pull out their cocks on a date with you. They're the first guys to try to date rape you. I hate, I'm sorry, but they just are. They always are. It's always the ones with the glasses and the and the guy, and you're just like, oh, gee, just just come on over and like maybe like smoke a joint with me. Like, uh, it's nothing, nothing serious and stuff. And then, and then next thing you know, you're sitting on their couch, you're high off your mind. And then you look over to the side and he's got his dick out. That that's the kind of guy those people are. <laughs> uh that that fucking hipster Woody Allen types. Always the worst. Always have some strange fucking kinks in the back that you don't know about. Um, you are much better off with a guy like Charles, like on my show, is with a guy who just from the get-go is like, yo, bitch, like, I want some pussy. Um, I would much rather, if I had a daughter, I'd much rather have them with that kind of guy. Cause then, 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 then you know what you're dealing with, you know, it's, it's more comfortable than if some Woody Allen fucking type who just wants to be a friend, you know, just wants to like smoke a J with you. Always bad news. Little jaywalk advice on men avoid Woody Allen types. But anyway, so I had to deal with Mark Marin to find this, and I had to deal with Pete fucking Davidson, who I will admit I only hate because I'm so goddamn jealous of him. Um, I do, I'm just trying to think of things to be upset. He just he has like the hottest girlfriends, pretty much every every hot chick you can think of. He's probably boned, and he's just he, he's a type that a lot of girls like. I know I'll never be, <laughs> uh, but you know I just I just don't like him. I'm finding that funny. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I'm mostly just hating on him. He's probably a nice guy. But uh, on SNL, he never plays any characters besides a uh, stoned millennial guy, or maybe Generation Z. He's younger than me. Another reason I fucking hate him. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just he he got, you know, a lot of sympathy points because his dad was was uh, died in 9-11. And man, do I wish that was a made-up story. <laughs> like I, 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 I'm sure someone has gotten to the bottom if it wasn't. I mean, that would be bold because the reason he plays into the Steven story is that uh, he he like was one of the first people everyone interviewed about this. Like, what do you think about this? I mean, your dad actually did die in 9-11. This motherfucker's lying about it. And he was way too nice to this guy about it. He was way too kind of like whatever. And he made a joke that I'm the 9-11 comedian. And, you know, so... I had a deal with Mark Marin and uh, that guy who I shall not name again, um, who I fucking hate, to get this 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 uh, this podcast audio, and I had, then I had to sign up for Stitcher. <sighs> this is what I'm talking about. This fucking Woody Allen syndrome bullshit. Like, uh, I thought you were cool, Mister Independent Media. Um, host your own show. It takes nothing. It takes a WordPress plugin, and it takes like uh, maybe five to 20 bucks a month for hosting. 
Instead, you just immediately just sell out to this like dumb platform that does nothing for people. Like just, it's just disgusting. I'm not going to ever be on Stitcher. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, why would you need a network for a platform that is by design networkless? That's what makes podcasts cool. So I went on there and, uh, you know, because he's scrubbed this episode from every other source, but thankfully he did keep it on his Stitcher premium account. So I had to search through his archives of like thousands of episodes, finally find this one and go, okay, great. I'm gonna go ahead and download this bad boy. Like every podcast is supposed to work by downloading to your pod player. That's how they're designed to do, but oh no, you can only stream this episode. So I, uh, you know, uh, took me a few seconds to Google to figure out how to download from this website, which I just did anyways, just stupid. So already not, already not happy with Mark about that, but I finally got, got the episode down and stuff. And like I said, cut it together for this, for that intro, which I hope you thought was kind of funny. Um, slightly offensive, but kind of funny. But, you know, it inspired me to make this show about lies. And I got a lot to cover. Um, actually, I have 30. 30 different kinds of lies that I'm going to go through with you guys. And then I'm going to wrap up the show and uh, probably have a sandwich or something. All right, so here are the 30 lies. Um, might be a 31st one. Uh, here's, so here's the 30 lies. And I might even give you a bonus one at the end. So the first form of lying is a bare-faced, bald-faced, or bold-faced lie. And that is an imprudent, brazen, shameless, flagrant, or audacious lie that is sometimes but not always undisguised and is then not always obvious to those who's hearing and, and, and is also not obvious to those who are hearing it. So this one, for some reason, I had the hardest time trying to... Uh, come up with examples of i think this is so broad but it's basically someone straight up lying to your face uh with no joking around and no kind of stretching you'll see with the rest of these lies that most lies have kind of a spectrum of truth but the bald face i guess you would say is like the far end of the lie and truth spectrum where you just straight up make up some shit like right to someone's face with or without um there being kind of a fraud element to it that's that's a big difference to some of these so that's number one, the, the bare face, bald face, or bold face lie. Number two is a big lie. Big lie is a kind of a propaganda tool. Um, this was actually coined uh, by uh, Adolf Hitler um, talking about in Mein Kampf. He, he talks about this with the Jews. This is a fun episode, guys. <laughs> but he talks about how the Jews made up a big lie about uh, losing the war and What's funny enough is that uh, a lot of people um, uh, contribute a false quote to uh, Joseph G uh, Goebbels, or is it Goebbels? I think it's Goebbels. You know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, so there's uh, so so people always quote it, and that's kind of funny because it kind of is a lie in itself. They said this, but people, you know, it's it's a uh, it makes more sense. It's easier to kind of grasp. But um, the one they always say is that if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. Um, that's sort of it. And, and basically in the, in the form of the state is that if the state comes in like 1984 style and says red is blue and says it enough times, it becomes truth. Um, so that's, uh, that, that is number two, a big lie. Okay. So, and then we have, uh, number three is called a blue lie. So a, uh, a blue lie, and this kind of goes with another kind of lie, which is called a noble lie, but a, but a blue lie, people think it comes from police in that basically the idea is that sometimes cops need to lie and uh, they need to lie, especially whenever it comes to like, uh, you know, getting confessions and stuff like that, detectives, is that sometimes you got to lie a little bit to uh, secure a case for the greater good of everyone else. So that's, that's, that's it's called a blue lie. Um, a lot of these, uh, full disclosure, I took these all off Wikipedia. <laughs> a lot of these kind of fall in the same, um, but uh, that's that's a blue lie. Is a let's think of a blue lie as um, a greater good kind of for society kind of lie um, that is done pr primarily in the uh, police departments, uh, sort of in enforcement circles. And then number four is, of course, a bluff, which is. Uh, we all know what a bluff is. Whenever you have the, you have the, whenever you pretend to have the capacity 
or intention uh, that you actually don't have. Um, bluffing is a uh, is is an act that we rarely see as immoral. Bluffing is is rarely looked at as kind of an immoral thing to do. We have lots of uh, games around it, obviously, like poker and stuff. But technically, it is a form of lying is to is to bluff, and it also is used in business all the time. Um, but that is still lying, and that's uh, number four is the bluff. Number five, and I had no idea that this actually had a a, a definition, is bullshit, uh, also known as BS, bullcrap or bull. So what, what bullshitting is, and this is kind of interesting, bullshitting isn't necessarily saying things that are false. You can also say things that are true, but a bullshitter is more... <laughs> it's funny while I'm... Funny talking about this while I'm sort of bullshitting. <laughs> uh, but a, a bullshitter um, is someone who who is just talking so that they seem smarter or they leave a better impression. Basically, the words that are coming out of their mouth don't matter. If they're true, that's even better. If they're false and they make the story a little bit spicier, then that's a bullshitter's best friend. So yeah, so a bullshitter, like a car salesman or someone, is going to throw out everything they can to make the impression of them being an expert, um, but they really don't care. And so it's considered our fifth form of lying, which is bullshitting. And then there's number six, which is the cover-up lie, which is really a lie about lies. It's whenever you get caught in a lie. And what's the best way, guys, to get out of a lie or an untruth? Just lie some more. It's, it's always worked. It's always worked for people. If you ever find yourself in a in, in trouble, in a situation where people have lost faith in you, just lie some more. And that is number six, the cover-up lie. Number seven is defamation. This is where we get into the legal problems with lies. This is what this is whenever you lie and you have a specific intent to actually materially harm someone with that. Um, you know by making false statements and uh, using something to destroy someone's career reputation. That is, that is a lie. That's defamation. And that is one of the few things in our free speech society that will be, that you can be prosecuted for if it's, if it's bad enough. And then uh, number eight is the deflection. Not technically a lie, but it's close. It's kind of like a, like, it's kind of like a half truth. Um, a deflection is whenever, just like our friend Steve did, is whenever someone uh, pushes you on information that you should reveal and you just uh, deflect it and think of another thing to say. Um, classic, probably my favorite version of lying. Uh, that is a deflection, but it is considered one of the 30 lies, which is lying by deflection. And then we have uh, number nine. And number nine is uh, the disinformation lies. This is whenever you go out and uh, spread false rumors and spread false information about something, maybe for your own gain or not. But it's basically whenever you're um, kind of messing with the credibility of something and messing with the uh, the reputation. Whenever you're messing with the credibility of reputation with someone by spreading uh, misinformation, and that's a uh, that that is our number nine type of lie is uh, the disinformation lie. Number ten is something that uh, most people don't even think is really a lie that much. And that is the exaggeration lie. It's something that on this show you will hear more than once. Um, any sort of comedian does this. Uh, I've heard good rules before where it has to be an exaggeration that any sort of like person who isn't doesn't have like, you know, a, a one digit IQ can understand that it's probably fake. I think that's the key. Saying you survived 9-11 is not the same as making up a story one time, how you got your like dick caught in your in your zipper or something, you know, and, and then uh, it started talking to you. I think Dave Chappelle's really good at this with uh, with his exaggerated lies. I mean, you can tell like most of the shit he talks about didn't really ever happen to him, but uh, it's good because, you know, he doesn't harp on it like a real story. And it's so ridiculous. Like his like his one where he talks about going in the hood at night and then seeing like a crack baby dealer, um, you know, yeah, he didn't really meet a crack baby dealer in a uh, in a in a in a um, in a limo. He didn't really meet a crack baby dealer in a limo, and because it's so outrageous, then you can kind of believe it. And and if it's just like a little bit of spice on top of something, I think it's all forgivable, and it's what makes a good story. Um, and you kind of need it. It's something 
I remind my family whenever they listen to the show is that I'm I'm just kind of putting it on. Like if I seem really angry, I've still I've told my grandparents this all the time. They don't actually listen to the show, but you know, they'll see like sometimes my social media posts and they'll be like, wow, you're like really depressed or angry. I'm like, no, not really. It's just it's just part of the the acting of it. It's part of the show, showmanship of what I'm saying is that I level it on a little bit. If something makes me uh, you know, slightly upset, suddenly now it makes me ridiculously upset. You know, it's just it's just it's all in the name of entertainment, guys. But that is considered a lie, and that would be our tenth lie in exaggeration lie. Number 11 is fake news. Oh, fake news. You were created with such great intentions. (laughs) The term fake news was first, I remember it so clearly. It was first brought out um, against Trump. It was first put there to say, whoa, whoa, you can't believe all these like crazy stories about Hillary and stuff that that's that's just fake news. You know, they're making up all this, this stuff. And Trump, like a judo fucking master, has taken that term and made it his now and now if you hear fake news you uh immediately think of him you know uh you know saying it's a cnn or something like that but the term came about because a lot of dummies uh are on facebook and most people who are on facebook are dummies and uh you know they just read headlines or they read headlines to fake you know news article literally fake news like onion pieces or all the onion ripoffs and so that that was coined about 2015 or so, I think. And that is the uh, fake news lie, which is number 11. Number 12 is a fib. Turns out that a fib is not just a cute uh, Southern expression for a lie. It is its own class of lie. And it is defined as a lie that is easy to forgive due to its subject being a trivial, trivial matter. For example, a child may tell a fib by claiming that the family dog broke a household vase when the child was the one who broke it. So it's a harmless little kid lie um that people will give you a little shake of the fist then go away it's a it's like it's a it's it's a it's 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 right whenever you pass into real lies but not like outright fraud um it's just that little spot where okay you lied you got caught it was a fib moving on number 14 is uh the half truth and i think this is probably one of the most common lies all the time this is, of course, whenever you don't tell a complete lie, you just maybe leave out some details, maybe just part of it's true. And that's what that's what gives you that sweet, sweet sense of truth is whenever you can sort of mix up your lie uh, with something that actually happened then you can kind of put them together. And then, look, that's not really a lie. It's called a half truth. But according to this list, that is our 14th form of lying, the half truth. Number 15 isn't really even a lie at all. It's the honest lie. And that is simply whenever you lie, quote unquote lie, and you don't really know you're lying. It's whenever you say a misconception or something or something that you think is true. Um, But uh, maybe you say it with a little more confidence than you really should. Um, But that is considered an honest lie. It's still a lie, uh, but it's honest in the sense that you didn't know you were lying. And that is number 15. Number 16 is another one um, of the comedy uh, tricks and and tools, which is uh, called a jocose lie. And uh, that is whenever you clearly are lying for comedic effect and irony and using that. Like I said with the Dave Dave Chappelle example, it's so out there and weird that uh, to to say that he's a liar is kind of insane. But it is considered a lie. It's considered a jocose lie, which is a lie that is uh, intended um, just to amuse this is when it's just, just meant to amuse or make the story better. Um, another great example of this, which I think does sort of cross into the l- line of lying, but it's considered, it's actually one of the examples of a jocose lie, is whenever a movie says based on a true story and it isn't. <laughs> you know, I always think that's like the most ridiculous thing. Like, why don't all movies do that? Like, just just, just at the at the beginning, just go, this totally happened. <laughs> you know, Terminator 2, it actually happened, guys. No joke. <laughs> that's a jocose lie. Number 17 is, uh, is one that is called lie to children. Um, but it, uh, it is used with adults a lot too. This is whenever you say the birds and the bees, or you talk about the stork, or you say, you know, something that is a lie, but it makes it easier for a child to grasp, 
um, you know, than the actual scientific technical uh, meaning of it, you know. Um, this is used a lot in science too. Anytime you hear in science where something is attracted to something else or it wants to do this or that, uh, the, the particles really don't have any, uh, desire or will whatsoever, but it makes it easier to just say, yes, the, the electron wants to go toward the, towards the proton, you know, it just, it makes it, um, easier to say. So those are considered, uh, lie to children lies. And that is number 17. Number 18 is like the half-truth lie, which is, uh, this is lying by omission. This is also especially um, prevalent with something called uh, quote mining. This is whenever you take a quote from someone out of context and you go, look, that's what they said. Extremely common in politics. I can't even begin to tell you examples of time someone's taken someone's words out of context or taken a piece of, of something and left out other details. That's still called lying, guys, and that is called lying by omission. Number 19 is the is called lying in trade. And this is whatever a seller um, lies about a product or something like that. A lot of laws obviously against this. Um, in most countries and stuff, but yeah, whenever a salesman lies to you and says that a pill's, uh, you know, going to make you like drop 15 pounds, um, in a week, uh, that's called, uh, that is called lying in trade. Number 20 is something that I've just dealt with, and that is the memory hole lie. And that is where, um, I can find a lot of videos of Stephen apologizing about the 9-11 stories, but not many of the story itself. Hmm. You know, all, all of Marin's other shows are up on YouTube. This one isn't. His All of his interviews that he had, like with Polly Shore and stuff, seem to be up, but not the 9-11 one. And that's called a memory hole. And to, in today's society, with deplatforming and everything, it's to me, it's one of the scariest forms of lying. That is uh, something you should always look out for, is memory hole lies, where... Suddenly things just kind of disappear from the internet or from archives and stuff. And, uh, we just start pretending like they never happened. Looking at you, Joe Rogan, you better put up those fucking episodes soon. Number 21 of our lie list is the minimization lie. Um, you know, this is where you, uh, take a car out, take your dad's car out. And, uh, you know, you, you run into something and you go, Oh, I, sorry. And you call him up and you go, look, dad, I, I just, I kind of scratched the, the door just a little bit. <laughs> it is a lie. Whenever you, uh, minimize the severity of, of what you're confessing to. Um, this is actually a technique that's used a lot in criminal, uh, psychology interrogation techniques they want the minimization to come out because once they got your foot in the door and you go oh well i didn't kill my wife but maybe i smacked her once there we go then we're in the door um and that is uh, a minimization lie number 21 number 22 it's an interesting one which is uh, mutual deceit mutual deceit is whenever you are both lying to each other all the time and you expect it um, and the example they have here is uh, poker, but I could also point to many relationships I've had over the years. Mutual deceit. Whenever you both lie right to each other's face. Number 23 is the noble lie. The noble lie is uh, a lot like the lying to children and the blue lie, where you lie because it's for the it's for the greater good and stuff. It's still lying, though, and it turns people off really the wrong way. I, I really, I wanted to save this example for this lie. Um, this, this kind of lie is particularly, which is, uh, the mask thing. Okay. People either conveniently forget or try to push it off that the surgeon general told us not to wear masks. He got on Twitter and said, you don't have to wear the masks. He said, don't get them. And they said later, you know, the reason they said this was so that we wouldn't, you know, be dumb sheep and just buy all the masks and stuff. Um, but that's 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 still lying. But in this case, it'd be considered a noble lie because the powers that be thought we were too stupid to to be told the truth. And so we have a noble lie, which was not to wear masks. And now we have to wear the masks. But that is a noble lie. Number 24 is the pathological liar. This is where you just 
can't help yourself and you lie about things all the time. Um, you know, I, it's a, especially common with, uh, children. I think, um, I will admit that, uh, as a kid, I, I love to make shit up all the time. I like to make up stories. My mom would call it telling stories. And, uh, I just like to do it. Um, the funniest example was whenever I told my teacher in school that I was Jewish, um, for no reason at all. It was a bold faced lie, but, uh, we were, um, we were talking about other religions and it was around like Christmas Hanukkah time. And she asked if anyone in the class is Jewish and no one raised their hand but me. <laughs> and uh, it was super funny because afterwards, uh, she, the teacher talked to my mom and was talking about how great it is that they have like a, uh, you know, someone with a different uh, culture and like religion in the classroom. Because it's like Texas, they're all Christian Protestants. Um, but uh, my mom laughed so hard about that and just would not stop giving me a hard time about it. You know, she just all the time be like, Oh, Shalom, Justin, like, you know, and so what day of Hanukkah is it tonight? <laughs> just, Oh, I was going to get you presents this year, but it looks like you're Jewish. So <laughs> just, just super funny. Love my mom. Um, so that is the, uh, that is the, the pathological lying. <laughs> Which I really, which really should just be called compulsive lying. Pathological sounds a little too mean. So compulsive or pathological lying. And then, and then we have uh, number five, another legal lie, which is perjury, um, which is where you uh, lie and make false statements under oath. Of course, can't do that, guys. It's bad unless you get away with it. Puffery is a uh, I consider one of the cutest lies, even in its name itself. But puffery, puffery lies are stuff like this is the best hamburger in the world. Um, if you ever have seen Nathan for you, one of my favorite episodes is where he goes to a hamburger stand in L.A. that says they are the greatest uh, hamburgers in the world. And uh, he sets up a contest where anyone who eats the burger and doesn't agree that it's the best in the world gets $100. And he's like talking to this poor owner. He's like sweating on the radio like, well, I mean, you, you said that it's the greatest in the world so you're not a liar so we shouldn't lose any money <laughs> just really good and that's considered a puffery lie is whenever you say you're the greatest taco you're the greatest burger or santa barbara is the best city in, in, in america shit like that is a puffery lie and that is number 27 three more to go guys Whew, you think i'm gonna cut this down to 10 or some shit nope this is a podcast ladies and gentlemen in a podcast, uh, you can just skip over it if you don't want to listen, but I'm going through all 30. So that was number 27. And number 28 is uh, speaking with a forked tongue, which is like uh, just hypocrisy, basically. Um, it, uh, it comes from uh, Native Americans, um, what they used to say about the white man, about how the white man would come in and say, hey, I want peace, and then you know start chopping off or start shooting their other people during the same peacetime negotiations, they would start, you know, stealing more land and stuff. So they would always talk about the white man and his, uh, his, uh, speaking with a forked tongue. And that is, uh, a form of lying, which is a, the hypocritical lie where you, um, say you're doing something and you clearly are uh, doing the opposite of what you're saying. Number 29, number 29 is a weasel word, um, which is a fun word. Uh, the weasel word is the greatest example of this is there's an interview with Jordan Peterson where, um, where, uh, where, where the interviewer always follows up every statement with, so you're saying blah, blah, blah. Okay. But you're, so you're saying blah, blah, blah. That's a weasel word because you, cause he's saying what he's saying, lady, <laughs> like you can't just you can't just come up with your own hypothesis and then say, so you're saying and just hope for a yes and just keep on just, just, just pushing. So you're saying, so you're saying over and over again. Uh, another good example of Weasel world, it, weasel, weasel, weasel word is, uh, the phrase, uh, some might say, or some might think, or many have argued shit like that is weasel words. You're making up things, uh, you can't just say some have or some have argued. Um, that's called a weasel word because you're pushing uh, your own agenda in a very sneaky way uh, by just pretending that you're being um, inquisitive whenever you're really uh, pushing a statement that you that you think is true across, which is very, very common in journalism. 
And then we have number 30, our last one. Our last one and our favorite one, uh, the white lie. You know, you look great in that dress. Have you lost weight re- recently? <sighs> Shit like that. That That is the white lie. The ones that we, you know, use all the time. Uh, where it's meant to, uh, to cons- where it's meant to shield someone from a hurtful truth, the white lie, and that is the end. That is all thirty forms of lying, guys. And I said there might be a bonus, and I'm gonna go ahead and throw this one in. Gaslighting. I would say gaslighting is kind of a new buzzword, but it is a form of lying, and that is whenever you lie to someone to th- make them think they're crazy. That's whenever you uh, pretend that you know, something is uh, another way, even though it clearly isn't, um, it just a mess with someone's head and think that they're losing their mind. So I'm going to go ahead and put gaslighting as a runner-up, 31 of the lies. So there you go. That is 30 plus one lies. And uh, that's enough time on this show, too. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope you have a great uh, rest of your week. You know, I kind of mentioned on Facebook that I think I'm not going to advertise some episodes, um, especially if they're kind of heated or what I call the hot takes just because, um, I'm a coward and I don't want to be immediately canceled (laughs) by everyone. And it's kind of interesting too, for me to see like how they perform whenever I don't advertise them. I think whenever I advertise them, they barely help to be totally honest. Um, but it was interesting because my last episode, um, has gotten a lot of views, a lot of listens, and, uh, I l- deliberately did not advertise it and I waited a few weeks to release it, but that's a LARPing episode. Um, if you want to listen to that, it's, uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's probably my hottest, like quote unquote, like political kind of show, just that I have my own opinions about certain things that come out. Um, I got, I got yelled at on Facebook for, uh, for being a right-wing apologist so it was kind of my answer <laughs> to that to, to explain it better than trying to argue with some fucking person i barely knew in high school you know <laughs> so i have that show on but but yeah you know thank you for uh for for sticking with me today um you can find me on facebook at lower your expectation you can find me on instagram lower your expectation podcast um you can also find me uh, via email, lowerexpectation at gmail.com. So far, I've only been using this email address to scam Amazon into having a free Prime membership. So it'd be really nice if I saw something else in there um, besides my Amazon purchases. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And uh, maybe a little, like, request if anyone has any bright ideas. I really want, like, a radio-style intro to this show. You know, where they have, like, you know, like, WKRB best in the west like you know some sort of like i want some sort of silly like sing-songy like choir um introduction to this show i will pay money for it cha-ching i've got the cash so i guess i need like a a singer or two to like record uh i probably just gotta find where to find this but if you know anyone who's good with this kind of shit and i could write a little like jingle for this show i think it'd be fun and it's something i've always wanted um so that's my little wish and I wish you to have just a great rest of your day. It's in September. Things are going to get easier, child. I promise. And uh, with that, um, I'm going to say goodbye. But before you go. Meanwhile, another comedian is apologizing today for telling an elaborate lie about 9-11. Steve Ranazizi from The League on FX has long told people he was in the World Trade Center during the September 11th attacks. He said he escaped from the 54th floor of the South Tower. Ranazizi says that's when he realized life was too precious, so he quit his desk job in New York and pursued his dreams as an entertainer. But it was all a lie. He took to Twitter saying, quote, I don't know why I said this. This was inexcusable. I am truly, truly sorry. He also said, quote, it is to the victims of 9-11 and to the people that love them and the people that love me that I ask for forgiveness. It's unclear how this might affect Renazisi's relationship with networks and sponsors. He has a special airing this Saturday on Comedy Central.